0: This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagatha.
1: So speaking of weapons and the Cincinnati Bengals offense, I want to talk about the running back room. Uh, we'll get to the O-line, Jake Browning, the offensive coaches, Zach Taylor, Frank Pollock, all of that in just a moment and, and give them their flowers. But right now... It is absolutely just so fun to see. I think a friend of the show, Joe Goodberry, actually put out a clip earlier today. And it was from, no, not, not, it wasn't actually Joe Goodberry. It was another uh, person on social media. They put out a clip from Monday Night Football of Chase Brown running. And they're like, this, this seems like a boring run now because of what we just saw in this past game with Chase Brown. And I'm just excited to see. You. Vintage Joe Mixon, too, in this past game. What do you think about this running game? And, and it's one that we'll more than likely see together in 2024.
2: Yeah, um, they've got the classic combo, whatever you want to call it. The Thunder, Lightning, Smash, and Dash, the Crash and Bash. Uh, uh, maybe that was more of a name for last year when it was big and big. <laughs> smash and Smash It was last year with P. Ryan and Mixon. Um, but, yeah, they've got the power guy. They've got the guy that they trust to grind out yardage. The David Montgomery of the group, and then you sprinkle in your Jameer Gibbs type—that is the explosive play waiting to happen—and you get him on some designer runs and some stuff that you know is going to hit. And you're not asking him to run up the gut uh, 15 times that game. You're not, you know, calling plays where he's going to be ground into the turf. You're going to call plays where he's going to be hitting the open field and trying to run away from the de- defense, like you know you're getting this look. I could think of the Jags game. They knew they were going to get a look where the ends were going to fly upfield. So they called a bend play. A bend play is zone, but then they bring the tight end back across. And it's designed to cut back. It's not like you read that out like it's zone. It looks – it is zone up front, but then it's designed to cut back. So once that end gets upfield, the tight end just has to get in his way. And now you've got open field in front of you because the end created a hole for you to run through. And they hit that multiple times. And then this week, they're getting him on toss stuff. They're getting him on the perimeter, the screens. Uh, they ran, I think they ran crunch with him. But it's just like they, they ran a lot of stuff out there that isn't designed to churn out three, four, five four, five-yard gains. It's designed to hit the open field and maybe – hit an explosive play so i think they're utilizing them well i think it's a good combo right now and overall i'm pretty happy with the running back room this is what we've been asking for and i think we specifically have been asking since the start of the season to not grind joe mixon into the dirt yeah. uh he's older let's not make him play 90 percent of the running back snaps but you know they let him play 90% of the running back snaps felt like for a large portion of this year, but now he's feels fresh, right? Like he feels a little mm-hmm. bit more fresh than he did a couple weeks ago.
1: Big fullback push for Jake Browning touchdown too, by Joe Mixon.
2: Fullback dive. That was, that was a cool play pony personnel, 22. Um, they uh, yeah. To get to fullback dive there. And it was a good cut for Mixon because it wasn't there in the initial hole. So he hits his right foot about, cuts to the left and gets upfield. That was uh that was a great play. I was, I was very happy with that. It's just like, that is what you feel like when like Chris Johnson and Lundell white, you know, they're scared of the Chris Johnson speed. Let's just right up the gut to Lundell white. He's going to churn out uh, the first down or whatever short yardage you need.
1: Do you think obviously the connection is with how this offensive line is playing? You're seeing a really good running, running back room, you know, what connection do you see right now from what we've seen from guys like Ted Karras, Cordell Bolson, who I've been really critical of over the beginning of the season. He's had, I feel like three solid weeks at left guard and, um, you know, Alex Cap out there, Orlando Brown, and then obviously Jonah Williams. Do you think there's a little bit of a connection there with, Hey, the run game's going well. The offensive line is doing a good job you know, big picture of what we've noticed overall in the last two weeks with this offense.
2: Yeah, so what I've talked about before is just this offense is difficult on a lot of people when it's passing the ball so often and being in five-man protections and everything else. And they made it work. They were they were a top-five offense by DVOA. They were top-five offense by success rate and whatever other metric you want to look at. And this year, when Burrow was healthy, they were about a top-five offense. But it's difficult. It's like a high-wire act where if one, you know – you have a small mess up and now you're falling hundred feet. It's just, it's not an easy thing to do. It's been made a little easier the past couple of weeks. And some of that comes from, the design and what they're doing, calling run plays and getting defenses uh, run pass mixed up to where you're conflicted on, is this run, is this pass? And you think of linebackers and safeties with that sometimes, but really you got to think of defensive line too is you can't keep getting gashed. So instead of pinning their ears back and flying a field, the defensive line has to play run first. And that's helped this offensive line because guys aren't flying off the ball and they don't have to protect in the most difficult of circumstances all the time. They've also gotten to – goodness six seven man protections which give them an extra guy or two extra guys in uh, on a pass play so they can use those instead of just being the five guys and being able and the defense trying to take advantage of that it's it's been good for them and they've been good run blocking too i'm wondering what happens when the run game is inefficient though
1: because it's been efficient
2: the past two weeks how long can that sustain because I think part of the reason they didn't run the ball against Pittsburgh was a it's stunk and B Mm -hmm. they're a team that doesn't get into second and eight and go, let's run it again. And, the analytics will tell you that's the right call. Don't run the ball in second and eight to get the third and six, and then be forced into a situation where you have to pass the ball and they're pinning their ears back where you can't get the quick game. Even you have to actually run a re- true drop back concept. So it makes sense that they didn't run the ball in second and eight, second and nine, whatever. But when the run game isn't working, it would be really interesting to see what this office is. Cause that's the real hurdle left is they, I mean, consistency and doing it week to week no matter what and Browning being as accurate as he's been every single week and not missing throws, that's important too. But I feel like they've taken down like the idea of, can we be an efficient offense without Burrow? Yes. Can mm-hmm. they move the ball? Can they score points without Burrow? Yes. This, is, this has been really good the past two weeks. But it's done a lot in the run game and screen passes and stuff like that. What are you going to do when a defense takes that away? Can you get to your drop back stuff? Can you pass the ball in this offense? And that's the part I'm waiting to see because that's critical too, right? Like I feel like everybody, at least Bengals fans, probably made fun of the Ravens. Like, oh, they can't come back. You know, they're good with a lead. They're good when it's tied. But, you know, they're down 21 points. They can't come back. Well, is that the Bengals right now? Because – they're good with the lead and they're they're good right now when it's neutral, but they haven't gone down. They haven't gone down big, neutral. especially, you know, they haven't gone down two scores and had to try to throw the ball and get out of that. That'll be interesting to see. That's what I'm waiting on.
1: Yeah. You know, I agree with you right now. I think a lot of people, they look at, what they've gone up against and hey, there were two teams. You look at the Jags who are atop of the AFC. They were trying to get that one seed and they lose back to back games. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was um, coming off an injury when he played in the game against the Cleveland Browns. And then you look at a Colts team who's right there in the thick of things. They're currently in the playoff picture. If the playoffs were today, they are that last seed. Um, they do have a, a, a tough test against the Minnesota Vikings defense coming up. And that could be that could be pretty. That could be really telling for the offense and I just I look at what Jake brownie has been able to do, the completion rate, um, having a run game. All of that is awesome. His offensive line protecting him. Um, credit to what he's been able to do. I do want people, you know, I told you I told you last week it was going to it was going to get louder of look what they're able to do. And I think that's more on credit to Jake Browning what he's been able to do out there, but also the coaching staff, yeah. Zach Taylor, Dan Pitcher. Brian Callahan. Frank Brian Callahan. We?
2: We're talking about run game Frank Pollock.
1: Yeah, but you and I agree with you cuz we'll get to Frank Pollock in just just a moment cuz I believe he he deserves his own little time and segment when we talk about him. But with Dan Pitcher and Brian Callahan, they could work themselves into head coaching interviews on the stretch.